You're listening to Fortress of the Tribe. It's been a couple of weeks since we last aired, but instead of doing a game-by-game summary, I thought I'd go over the highlights and the lowlights of the past three weeks. Have to admit, I took a little family vacation, you know, got back into things, and before I knew it, another two weeks went by. So, what's been going on? Well, when we last left off, the R-Indians were in second place, and uh, they were looking into a, a week where they weren't sure how things were going, and we still had, you know, Josh Thomas, number fifth starter. And when I last left off, I would possibly discussing a trade with Josh, but um, things have gone on. Like there were some trades, and the R Indians seemed to sleep through the first week, and then got hot, only to become ice cold again. Well, I'll give you a whole rundown. Here we go. Usually. We have an interview, uh, which is first before I go into my monologue, but due to some technical difficulties, I want to do the monologue first, and then we'll roll into the interview with R. Marlins owner, Joe uh, Bucherite. Uh Joe's going to tell how the Marlins have been doing this year and what his plans are. Uh, it was a pretty good interview. There is a little bit of a gap in in the interview because of, a again, we lost a little, uh, I guess we we'll call it cell reception. But then Joe came back just before I was about to disconnect, and uh, we finished the interview. So stay tuned for that. It should go pretty good. All right. So what was going on since we last talked? Well, the R Indians, um, you know, again, we're at the fortress here. I'd love to just report all how great the R Indians are doing. But in the inaugural season of our sports, there was a mass amount of information And I have to admit that this past week caught me, and I actually blew two games with some bad managerial decisions. Um, But I learned from them, and hopefully, being the season is young, um, we won't have to worry about that when crunch time comes down toward the end of the season. Uh, Those moves did have to involve the the bullpen, which has been decimated by injuries. Uh, Actually, in in the real MLB, as you know, if you've been paying attention in baseball, the Indians right now statistically have the worst bullpen in baseball. Now, I've been trying to get ahead of that. And in so doing, maybe I came off as panicking or stuff like that. But I just got frustrated with, you know, how the performance and what turns into uh, the linear weights and sabermetrics and how they perform uh, for the R Indians takes effect. And what you get lost in sometimes is that the numbers of linear weights are accumulated. So even though you may have a negative number or a positive number going into the game, that doesn't mean it represents the actual um, numbers used for that game. So it gets a little confusing at times, and I got lost in the shuffle, and I really cost the team two games this week. But like I said we learned, so hopefully that ends after tonight. Uh, but let's get back uh, three weeks uh, when we last recorded, um, we were firmly in second place, and the Indians split the week going three and three. Uh, the biggest news of the week was a bevy of transactions the Indians took place in. And um, when we got out of that three and three week, we found ourselves eight and a half games out of first place. Not exactly where I was envisioning uh, the team to be, especially when I look at real baseball and the um, you know the, the American League Central. In MLB is not the strongest division, and the Indians sit atop with a 500 record. So we were actually playing a little bit better than them in, in the VBL, Virtual Baseball League, 
but the we were behind the Twins by eight and a half games, and I was like, this this can't go on. Uh, so what was the first thing that I did? Well, I was able to uh, make a trade with the All Royals, uh, moving Josh Tomlin, who has had some good moments uh, for the MLB club over his service time, but not in the VBL and our sports. Every fifth day, I would just cringe uh, having to put Tomlin in as a starting pitcher, um, really not looking at it as a, as a potential victory. So uh, we moved Tomlin, Lamar Sparks, who we got in the Bauer deal, and prospect Willie Benson. Uh, they go to the All-Royals for Jason Hamels, the All-Royals number two starter, and Hamels will be our new number five starter. Uh, since coming to the All-Indians, Hamels in the last two weeks, three weeks, has been two and one and pitching well. Another trade that came late in the week was for 2016 All-Star second baseman Jonathan Villar. The second baseman has been having a better 2018 campaign compared to last year, and the move provides depth by sharing second base responsibilities with Jason Kipnis, uh, who we all hope finds his game again. And depth also was, in, you know, helps out in the DH spot. You know, Edwin Encarcion is, you know, a great hitter and can play first base as well. So if Yonder Alonso is having a bad day or a bad week, Edwin can be the first baseman and I can have another DH. With having VR on the team now, I now have a little bit more flexibility. Uh, should Kipnis have bad linear weight numbers the day of a game and VR has better numbers, I can put him in second base, uh, keep Edwin at DH level, or like I did two days ago, Edwin had a rough day, so or had a rough linear weight numbers. So I had VR DH, had Kipnis in second base, or vice versa, I can't really remember, but I know both of them were in the lineup at the same time. Point is, it was a win last week. Um, and gave us a 6-0 week, uh, which I'll get to in a little bit. Um, but due to the injuries uh, with the bullpen, the Art Tribe, I didn't just sit still with that. Uh, we looked to sign some additional minor league arms, giving us some depth in case the injuries kept just rolling in. Um, we signed Evan Marshall and Pedro Beato uh, to uh, minor league contracts. Uh, both reported to AAA in Columbus, and uh, these players uh, will be – Part of some big stories coming up in the next couple of minutes. Needing roster space after we signed Marshall and, and Pedro Beato, uh, we made a trade with, uh, we sent Giovanni Urshela to the R Blue Jays uh, for minor leaguer Mitch Ney. Uh, Urshela was out of options. I couldn't move him back and forth between AAA and the Major League Club. So instead of just losing him to a, you know, a DFA where someone could pick him up for nothing, I was able to make a move with uh, the R Blue Jays uh, and former guest Jackson uh, McDonald in um, a trade that, again, brought a hitter, uh, single-A hitter Mitch Ney to the club, and we'll see how that pans out in the future. So, again, we got a week one, three and three. Week two started. We now had VR in the mix. We had Jason Hamels in the mix. We had a couple of minor leaguers getting ready to take part and help out with the bullpen. So I was looking forward to the week, and really we caught fire going 6-0 and for the week and winning the uh, week monetary award from our sports baseball. This is the second time we've done that this year so far. Now, uh, when we started the week, we were eight and a half games out of first, and I, I was really looking at the week going, you know what, we can make up a number of games here, and we did. And by the end of the week, we were only four and a half out. So I was looking forward to the week, even though we had coming up the Cubs – the R-Cubs and the R-Astros, 
two teams, you know, respectively, you know, in the division, their division leads, it was going to be a tough battle. And I was hoping to get out of the week, you know, again, maybe three and three, four and two. Instead, I ran into a brick wall and uh, we lost every game this week. And two of them were partly my own part. Now, before I get to that, um, we didn't sit still when it came to play transactions. Looking at our outfield, again, we've talked about this before. You know, the R Indians are very heavily left-handed with uh, Mickey Brant- uh, Brantley, uh, Tyler Naquin, um, just really left-handed. You know, Brandon Guy was right-handed, but he was getting hurt. Uh, Rajay Davis, we signed as a free agent. He's right-handed. He had, he's been playing, but he had some issues. Greg Allen came up uh, from the minor leagues because Lonnie Chisholm got hurt. So looking at the free agent pool of what was possibly out there, um, really I'm not going to take credit for it. I got the idea from the MLB Indians. They signed Melky Cabrera to a minor, uh, AAA contract and uh, got him worked out and uh, within a few days brought him up to the major league club. So I did the same. I uh, thought we got a really nice deal. Uh, for Melky, uh, the milkman. He's uh, been around for a long time, solid major leaguer, uh, looking forward to his switch hitting bat and his ability to play the outfield. So he's going to be, he joined the club and we're still waiting for a number of injuries to, to get over with. But once that happens, I think we're going to have a solid, I mean, very balanced team, really dangerous once everyone starts playing to their capabilities. Now, the R Indians didn't, again, we haven't sat still in three weeks. Transactions galore. We completed our Hamels deal with the All Royals by agreeing to take on Reed Rome uh, from the All Royals as the player to be named later in the deal. Uh, Rome is out of Clemson University and in 2016 was actually the collegiate hitter of the year. So we're looking forward to having his bat and he's going to report to High A Lynchburg. Um, that concluded most of the deals for week two. And like I said, going into week three, we had a tough battle with the R Cubs and, and the R Astros. And as I mentioned, we did lose every game. And I have to say, admittedly, I cost the R Indians two, two games by just poor decision-making on my ability, on my part. Um, you know, again, I was, I've been talking about this for weeks now and a number of shows where the linear weights – they start to accumulate and you have to take into effect the not immediate, you know, every player day to day changes from a positive 1.03 to uh, potentially a positive 0.02 or even a negative like 0.68. It all, it all factors into algorithms based on how the year's going, based on the days, the last day's performance. And I got lost in the shuffle with the injuries that the bullpen has had. Looking at the linear weights, I took them too seriously, and I actually called up Pedro Beato from the minor league with minor league stats, which you can use minor league stats in a game. However, they get um, take a, a good portion, like 25% of those numbers gets taken away because they're minor league numbers. So they're not, you know, they have to, you know, account for the fact person's going from minor league play to major league play, and there's a difference. So being lost in the shuffle with the numbers, I actually put Pedro Beato as a closer for one game against the Astros, in which we were winning. And if I just would have kept the my original thought of who should close the game in, we would have won the game. 
Instead, Beato blew up and gave up seven runs in one inning and we wound up losing 10-7. Uh, so I learned that lesson real hard. And then Andrew Miller went back on the DL, another one of our better relief pitchers. So I'm not one to sit still in the actions of I want to do what's best for the team. And if I can do that without what I believe to be hurting the future of the team, I'm going to make the move. Uh, if you remember, in the beginning of the year, we had attained Keon Broxton in the trade for Zach McAllister to the, from the Brewers. Uh, using Keon as a trade chip, I also packaged Evan Marshall, who I just said we signed as a minor league free agent pitcher, and prospect Mitch Longo, who is like number 27, 28 on our top 30 prospect list. He's in single A ball. I, you know, I hope he does well. Uh, maybe not too well, but I don't think it's really going to have an effect on our major, you know, our major roster, you know, the VBL roster right away. So I took those three. I made the move with the R Giants. <coughs> All right, we'll pass again with, with Mr. Joe Buckerite from the R Marlins, the owner. Uh, he's joining the Fortune of the Tribe show. Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, Rick, thanks for having me. <laughs> We've been having some technical Is Not sure if it's on my end or your end. We just seem that the phone call seems to be dropping. But that's okay. We're going to get through. Uh, Joe, basically, what got you into our sports? Um, you know, just, just just like everyone else or most other people, I was looking for a MLB simulation kind of league uh, to, you know, get away from the regular fantasy that doesn't really – tap into the aspects of, you know, real MLB. Uh, so it kind of found an ad for our sports on a, on a forum online and got in touch with Tori and I, I fell in love with the idea of it. Nice. Now we've gone through about, uh, about 40 games or so. And um, what are the aspects of the game that you enjoy? Um, you know, the interaction with the other owners, getting, getting to know the different, different people and, from different backgrounds, all different ages. Um, got got a couple plans with a couple different owners to try to you know meet up at a ball game and put some faces to name, which which which, which uh, you know would be nice when we're dealing with trading. Oh, and, yeah. and things like that. So you, you know who you're. Yeah, dealing that'd be with. pretty cool. I mean, I know you um, and I have recently discussed the possibilities of, of maybe a trade, but with, that's that's for another that's for another part of the show. But. Um, <laughs> But I think that'd be pretty cool if you could meet up for a game or two. I mean, in the area that you're at. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, specifically in DC. I mean, this, this is a. Uh, I'm sure I'm not the only person that's involved in here. It's a pretty oh, big yeah. city, um, pretty populated. City okay. Anyway. Now, since you got into it, what are your expectations of our sports and the R Marlins themselves? You know, as far as the R Marlins go. Um, I, I knew going into this season that, you know, the team, the way it was constructed could be pretty good, but I didn't think it would be good enough to win, you know, a championship or uh, so we're, we're kind of in a partial rebuild um, at the moment, you know, looking maybe a year or two ahead. Being as we have a 10 year window, I, I don't want to sell out right now and try to win once. Like I'd rather, you know, play in the future and, and put a good product year right. in year out. Um, as far as our sports as a whole, 
I, I think everything's going great. We had a little hiccup, you know, the first couple of days, you know, getting everything situated. But since then, I mean, it's, it's been a fantastic experience. Nice. Um, with the recent Excuse me. You know, gambling uh, ban got lifted, I, I think that's a huge opportunity for us to expand our product and attract attention to people that might not, you know, know who we are or have found us yet. Oh, I, I agree with you. Attract them. Yeah, I mean, I know both of us have sent like uh, communications to Tory, you know, in regards to that, the Supreme Court decision to open up gambling state to state, um, which I think I agree with you can be a nice additional branding aspect that we could, that our sports could get involved in. Um, speaking of branding, you were one of the other, you were joined uh, like myself, the R Indians, in designing your own web page. Um, what was your motivation behind that? Um, you know, just like the the four major sports, you know, this copycat league, you see someone doing something, you kind of want to do it too. Um, I, I saw it as a good opportunity to market my team specifically mm-hmm. um, and also try to bring attention to the league as a whole. Um, see, in my, my position, it's a little weird because the team that I bought isn't the team, the city that I, I live in. Um, so it's a little, the marketing I've, I'm learning is a little bit more difficult. So I'm open to websites and can open that up to where I might be able to attract people that are in Florida um, that are Marlins fans to actually, you know, try to hop on to the, our Marlins fans. Right? Hey, yeah, no, that's a, that's a great way to go. I mean, I, I full, fully agree with you. It's why, you know, um, I'm like, as you mentioned, probably a little bit luckier in the aspect of based being based in Ohio and having the Indians, I have a little homegrown roots. So it might be a little bit easier in my aspect, but I think, you know, being is such a new thing, you have an opportunity to branch out the Marlins from Florida all the way up to Washington, D.C. So I, I wish you luck with that. Um, Well, we've seen that technical difficulties again, but that's okay. I think we got a lot from Joe. I want to thank you for coming on to the show, and you know we'll discuss more. I'll try to get Joe on another time to discuss more. So, thank you. Thanks for having me. I think I got. You oh, here. there he is. Thanks He's back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right. The question, Joe, was: What skills do you feel are essential to running an our sports team? Yeah, that's a that's a difficult question. Um, I, I think uh, the a skill to have to is you know be willing to ask for help. Um, I actually just added a a second person to my front office this morning. Um, you know, doing this by myself for the first couple months, as I'm sure you know, because I, I believe you're a front office. Yeah. One. It's very difficult. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on trying to find well, someone myself to help me out because it's, it's, a, it's a lot. It's a, you got to be willing to, to allow other people to help you out. You, like, it, you want to be, you know, the decision maker. It's your team. You want to do everything, but it, there's way too much to do by yourself. As I'm learning with scouting, with the first-year player draft coming up soon, um, there's, there's just not enough time for one person to do it. So 
Um, so I think that's the biggest thing. So be willing to open up and let other people, you know, give you advice. All right, well, Joe, last question is, I'll, I'll start the sentence and you finish it, is overall your experience has been? Great. I mean, I, I haven't had one issue yet, you know, interacted with probably not every owner, but at least 18 to 20 of them and all been good interactions. You know, the interactions with the, with the commissioner, Tori, and his staff has been great. Um, and, and it's a lot of fun. You know, every day I'm, I'm on the site all day. Um, <laughs> I hear so, you. No, I hear you definitely, and I, I'm envious to be able to find someone. I've been, I've been actively looking myself to help out with that, especially like you mentioned the draft coming up. So, all right, well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Joe Bookerwright from the R Marlins. I want to thank you again, Joe, for coming on. Um, if you shouldn't need any promotional products uh, for our guests, we do get uh, give a 10% discount if you go to RC Solutions. Just mention R Indians, and the owner Rick Chesky will give you 10% off anything you need. Awesome. Thanks. I All right, Joe, that. you have a good day. All right, Rick. All too. right, take it easy. Fortress of the Tribe is brought to you by the following sponsors. Trendbond.com. For all your entertainment news, go to Trendbond.com. 224 Performance, taking elite training to a whole new level. That's 224performance.com. RC Solutions. Professional promotional products at your fingertips. Go to rcsolutions.us. Empire Baseball. Baseball, softball, strength training, and college recruiting all at Empire Baseball. Simply Mocktail. Take a trip to the islands by going to your refrigerator. Drink Simply Mocktail. Order on Facebook. Fortune of the Tribe is property of M. Joe Athletics. Remember... You can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you just might find you get what you need.